You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Lamel Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell breaks down Oprah's commencement speech at Harvard. He plays clips from her speech and dissects what she says so that his audience are challenged to live the best life possible. Let's join the conversation. Tonight's show, I have a gift for you. Um, I have a gift for each of you tonight. I want to take the show in a different direction this evening. Now, from time to time, I will hear or see something that impacts me to the extent that I, I just want to share with all of you all. And, and, you know, typically the show runs in parallel with the blog www.inspirationalperspective.com. And I'll, I'll spend some time unpacking and, and talking about a few things that I couldn't necessarily write down. But this week, I'm going to steer it another direction. And uh, that's because a couple of days ago, when Oprah Winfrey gave the commencement speech at Harvard University, I was just like, oh, wow. And I don't know if you all have had the chance to see this, but her address to the 2013 graduating class at Harvard was something I believe everyone should have access to. And even though it's out there on YouTube and it's free, I know many of you aren't going to take the time to look or listen to this excellent address. So tonight, I'm going to share some of my favorite parts of her speech with you all. And uh, I believe it's my duty to bring you all along uh, for things like this that happen to make an impact on me. And I'm hoping in no way that I have to justify myself for doing this. (laughs) Um, Oprah has proven herself to be someone I believe that's worth listening to. And I believe, you know, the rest of you would say that. She's someone who's dedicated her life to speaking truth, wisdom, all while while trying to help others live the best life possible. So that's in alignment with what I'm trying to do. And so tonight, I want to share with all of you what the graduates of one of the United States' most prestigious universities got the opportunity to hear before they embark on the new journeys of their life. Now, for those of you who have heard the speech already, don't go anywhere. I'm going to need you. I want to get your perspectives on what you liked or, you know, what you may not have liked about the speech. I don't know that there was, you know, a lot not to like, but I'm sure somebody has something. And I, I want to know what you walk. What did you walk away with when you saw this speech? Now, over the last month, we've had a lot of conversations centered around purpose Last week, we talked about Baby Steps with Matt McGill. Matt McGill was here in the studio with us, and we had a great show. That was a lot of fun. And uh, even gave Matt uh, a small bit of uh, free coaching. (laughs) So need to check back in with Matt and make sure he's sticking to his commitments from last week. And then uh, a week ago, I asked everyone if, if you're a winner. So are you a winner? And then a few weeks ago, we discussed how to use motivation and inspiration to move into action. But ultimately, all of you know, the last few weeks, the conversation has really been dialogue to support the creation of a purpose. 
And I'll tell you, you know, knowing your purpose is a small step towards um, significant positive traction. And again, one of the reasons why I, I'm uh, so interested in sharing a lot of what Oprah had to say to the Harvard graduates this evening. If you miss these shows, you, you miss some good stuff. But please know you can check out my blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com and read uh, the last four or five posts. There's a lot of posts out there, but, you know, you can check out the last four or five from from the post. Uh, What's the purpose of having a purpose? And then to get you caught up on what we've been talking about lately. So we're going to dive into Oprah's speech at Harvard in a little bit. But I want to set the stage for what you're going to be hearing this evening. And again, for those of you who saw her speech already, consider listening from the context that I'm going to set over the next hour. And so when you're listening, you know, you can listen one more time because I'm going to give you a brand new context with which to listen. And then I want to hear your perspectives. That I can be a source of some inspiration. I'm going to address my remarks to anybody who's ever felt inferior or felt disadvantaged, felt screwed by life. This is a speech for the quad. (laughs) All right. So Oprah, that's the opening of her speech. That was an excerpt from the beginning of Oprah's speech. I told you all, I wanted you all to listen to the show or to Oprah speaking with a certain context. And that context is this speech is for you. It's not just for the Harvard grads. It's for you. And I really believe that when Oprah was speaking, she was speaking to an audience of not just graduates. I mean, they're going to be okay. Let me tell you, people who leave Harvard typically go off, and she says it in the speech, they go off and do some great things, whether it's working, you know, as bankers on Wall Street, uh, you know, uh, late night hosts, CNN correspondents, whatever it may be, they're going to be okay. And so, when I was listening to the speech, I was thinking like, okay, Oprah's doing what she always does. She is teaching. And so I want you to listen to this speech from the context of she is talking to me. She is talking to you. All right. It's not just for those Harvard grads. Now, that might seem simple, but I find all too often we listen to life changing information with the context of what others may think or what others are hearing. And we miss the message that's intended for us. I see it happen all too often. I know this because I've watched this happen. I mean, I I had once this woman who worked for me and I wanted her to read a book because I really felt like this book would help her. It's a self-improvement book. And I said, you know, you need to read the book. And I really think that this can help you. And when she finished the book, she came back into my office and she said, Linnell, you know who needs to read this? And I'm just thinking to myself, you. You, you need to read the book. But she read the entire thing in the context of how it can help other people. And so seriously, take this one and apply it to you. Now, the speech, if it's written for me, the speech, if it's written for you, what she said is we've all felt inferior, but not just inferior, disadvantaged and felt like we've been screwed by life. And I'm like, wow, okay, what a powerful way 
to open up a speech. And that's the first way how I knew that wasn't necessarily to those Harvard grads. Because let me tell you, at the age of 22, I don't know that all of them are necessarily feeling that way quite yet, especially leaving Harvard in the 2013 class. Zach, I don't know how you feel, man, but that's just what I'm thinking, right? I don't think that speech was for them as much as it was for us. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a really broad speech. I feel like those people are kind of a little bit lucky to be in the position they're in, but I, I know a lot of people feel that way. Okay. All right, so I got a call. I'm going to take Tommy, and then we're going to get to the next part of the speech. But, Tommy, you are on the air with Inspirational Perspective and Linnell Harris. How you doing, brother? Hey, uh, first of all, no, let, me, let me tell you, I, I listen to you every Saturday and will continue to listen to you every Saturday and, and, and support uh, your medium. But I just want to say this and with the utmost uh, of respect and humility. First of all, how great a speech would that have been if she came and she did it with the least of these? I mean, the hell with Harvard, man. I mean, the hell with Morehouse. I mean, not just based just based upon one principle mm-hmm. and, and only one principle. Okay, at what point do we recognize and understand the individuals who need the encouragement are the least? Can you imagine what some of those kids are, or, 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 or would have thought, or would have said, or, or, or the impact uh, uh, to ha- have gone uh, to, to one of these schools? Uh, do you not know that uh, academic uh, scholar came from uh, uh, what's the what's this school over there on 67, about 63rd, right off of 63rd Nashland? Um, uh, it, it'll come to me, but it, it's it, it's a school that was featured on WVON where the, you know the kids were talking about the gangs. Okay, yeah, I know which one. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the school though. Okay, but my point. Zach, is, you know the name? I believe it's Harper. Huh? Har- okay, Harper, Harper. Yeah. Okay, so so watch this. Out of Harper, out of Harper, out of all of that misery and death and chaos, came a kid with an academic scholarship, what do you think it may have meant to the life-changing power of the message if she had went there? So, you know, I got, so let me tell you, because I, I have a perspective on this, Tommy. Now, and, and, and this is one of the reasons why I'm sharing a speech tonight, because I know a lot of people didn't hear it, and if I didn't bring it up, they weren't going to hear it. And so, you, exactly. know, it, you know, so the fact of the matter is, you know, so Harvard called her up, Man, they called her up last year sometime, more than likely, and said, hey, will you come speak at our school? And so what would you say? I mean, you get a, she got an honorary doctorate in law, I believe, on Thursday as well. And she spoke. And that's one of the reasons I opened up the show the way I did. Because when she started off that speech, I thought to myself, wow, OK. And I think you and I both know Oprah, her medium has been television. But, if I mean, if you go out on own.com or Oprah.com, man, I mean, she has all the tools for somebody to improve their life. And I believe that this is something she really wants to do. But this is what I'll tell you. This is what I'll tell you. I've spoken to these kids, man, at the schools. And you have got to really bring your A game for them to listen to you. You hear me? I mean, you got to bring your A game. I rescued a young brother. You know, he was from the suburbs. I was out at Manly Career Academy. Him and I together were talking to the young men at the school and he just wasn't equipped to have the conversation. I mean, he, he, smart young man, you know, just received his doctorate, uh, uh, MD. But, you know, they were about to eat him alive. And so a lot of times what happens is you have people like that who say, I'm done. <laughs> I am done. Well, 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 Mr. Harris, let me just leave you with this 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that is this. 
the point where I'm addressing and where I'm coming from is just the presence that a person of that statue would come to a location of that statue. Mm-hmm. And and I want to leave you with what, what you started out with, which was purpose. Yeah. If 49 schools, 30,000 individuals being displaced, unprecedented unemployment numbers uh, uh, here in, in this city, the renowned violence that continues to permeate uh, through our communities do not give the individuals purpose, a chance to turn around and say how the least of these who have been counted out have now counted themselves in because they recognize and they understand one simple principle that this is not how it is supposed to be. And I think with shows like yours, and and, and I think with the critical thinking path along the line, that we can change what's going on when we stop looking at all the individuals who are in this mess and realize there's some kids down there that even if you went, Linnell, on that moment, on that day, could turn their lives around just based upon, wow, Linnell Harris off of WVON, the life motivational coach came down here in the midst of this this hell and said to me, I came down here today for you to tell you that you can make it. And even while I may be in a different paradigm, I understand where you at and I care. I guarantee you, bro, a lot of stuff will start changing. And then if the community had a heart and a mind to recognize and understand that at, at some point, the only way anything is going to change is when we do, as you said, and starting out, start to understand the method of purpose. If people dying, babies in pipes, yeah. the, the mayor completely out of control, people <laughs> making crazy comments as they're saying, we'll arrest gang members and all the rest of yeah. it. If our plight in Chicago doesn't give you a sense of purpose, really at some point, do you really wonder why these people act and treat us the way they do? I thank you for what you do. I support you with what you do. And wherever you go and wherever you at, if you ever need a support, know that I will come and support Linnell Harris. God bless you and good night. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, brother Tommy. I do, man. All right. That's uh you know, well you know, well said. And you know, I, I'm with him. It's uh part part of what I'm trying to do to do my part is, you know, work with these young people. And but he's right. I mean you need more of us to have that particular purpose. And uh, you know, so great comments and I, I respect his opinion on that. And uh I, I do believe that even the greatest among us should should be spending time with the, the least among us. And so, hmm, that's, I had to think about that one. You know, so she was out at Harvard, but, you know, why couldn't she be at Harper? I, okay, I'm, I'm with that. But you know what? Since she was there, we're still going to listen to the rest of this speech, man, because uh, I, I need you all to hear this, uh, what, what Oprah was saying. So, Zach, you ready, man? You ready to play the, the, the next segment for us? I'm ready. All right, let's play the next segment. And in 1986, I launched my own television show with a relentless determination to succeed. At first, I was nervous about the competition, and then I became my own competition, raising the bar every year, pushing, pushing, pushing myself as hard as I knew. Sound familiar to anybody here? Eventually, we did make it to the top. 
and we stayed there for 25 years. With a relentless determination to succeed. And then she talked about being nervous about the competition and how she became her own competition. And so this is what I, this is what I want you all to take away from at least that piece of it. And before we play the, the, the rest of it is I believe all too often that we give up too quickly. We give up too quickly. Oprah's been in TV since she was 19 years old. And okay, I can, we can go through a number of different individuals who had the opportunity to go to be in TV. I mean, we can go through individuals who had the opportunity to be in radio and we don't hear from them anymore. I mean, the other day I was talking to a buddy of mine about crazy Howard McGee. You remember that cat? What happened to him, right? Killing morning radio fell off the face of the earth. And so I believe that we, we sometimes we just don't stay focused enough and we feel like we we're making it big. The other thing that really stuck with me is Number one, for 25 years, I believe on TV for 25 years, but of the 25 years, number one for 21 years to the point where she became her own competition. What can you take from that? You know, so I'll tell you, every place I've ever been, every place I've ever worked, I'm trying to be number one consistently. And then once you make number one, you got to compete with yourself. And so that's what I wanted you all to take from that. Um, I don't know. Is Zach, you ready with the next piece, brother? I believe so. All right. So let's play that next piece. Nearly every media outlet had proclaimed that my new venture was a flop. Not just a flop, but a big, bold flop, they call it. I can still remember the day I opened up USA Today and read the headline, Oprah not quite standing on her own. I mean, really, USA Today. Now, that's the nice newspaper. <laughs> All right. So that, that was, those were the first portions of what I wanted you to hear from Oprah's speech. And, you know, from that last piece, you know, I, what, I, what I really took away is, you know, who, who stays atop, on the top for 21 years and then decides to do something on their own? And Oprah did. And then to be failing and turn it around in basically less than a year, because that article for USA Today, I remember seeing that. And that was about a year and a half ago or so and uh, and turned it around. So that's Oprah opening. She's talking a little bit more about herself. The real meat and potatoes are coming up. And that's what I really want you all to hear. Just setting the tone for the conversation she had with those Harvard students. But, you know, what I really want you to pay attention to is the example that she's setting first before she really starts to tap into the meat of the conversation. It doesn't matter how far you might rise at some point you are bound to stumble because if you're constantly doing what we do, raising the bar, if you are constantly pushing yourself higher, higher, the law of averages, not to mention the myth of Icarus, uh, predicts that you will at some point fall. And when you do, I want you to know this, remember this, there is no such thing as failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. Now, when you're down there in a hole, it looks like failure. So this past year, I had to spoon feed those words to myself. And when you're down in the hole, when that moment comes, it's really okay to feel bad for a little while. Give yourself time to mourn what you think you may have lost. 
But then, here's the key. Learn from every mistake. Because every experience, encounter, and particularly your mistakes, are there to teach you and force you into being more of who you are. And then figure out what is the next right move. And the key to life is to develop an internal, moral, emotional GPS that can tell you which way to go. So let's, let's unpack that a little bit, because that, that was quite a bit. But I want to go back to what she said at the very beginning. And what she said is, you know, it doesn't matter how far you might rise. At some point, you are bound to stumble because you're constantly doing what we do, raising the bar. If you're constantly pushing yourself higher and higher, the laws of averages predict that at some point, you will fail. So how do you guys feel about that? Will you fall at some point? Do we all fall? You know, I, I was thinking to myself like, wow, okay. And so it's almost as if you have to anticipate taking a misstep. And when you take the misstep, saying to yourself, you know what? It's okay. This is what happens. As you raise the bar, you're not going to always hit it right in the bullseye. And I love how she said, when you're down in a hole, it doesn't look like failure. <laughs> you know, it, it, it looks like what well, she said. No, when you're down in a hole, it looks like failure. But, you know, failure doesn't exist. Now, what type of mentality do you have to have to say failure does not exist? Like it, failure doesn't exist. I mean, coming from Oprah Winfrey, I'm like, all right, I get it. If failure existed for her, she would not be where she is. And again, you know, I've talked a lot about how we think has a lot to do with what we end up doing. So how we think if failure is real for you and it happens and, and then you sit in it, then, yeah, you'll be a failure. And I love how she said, give yourself time to mourn what you think you may have lost. But then here's the key. Learn from your mistakes. All right, we got another caller. I got John here from Chatham. John, you're on the air with Inspirational Perspective and Linnell Harris. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Brother Harris. I'm glad to be on your show. I wanted to highlight something that you just spoke of, which was uh, the honesty and the realization that no matter how great we might think we are as individuals and no matter how great people might say we are as individuals uh, in whatever trade or uh, profession, you're going to fall. But the question becomes not if you're going to fall, but how are you going to be able to communicate your failure to those people who have looked up to you and mm. saw the great things in you at your best? And what happens many of times is we look at people, whether they're religious figures or they're great businessmen, and we fail to explain to them that no matter how great you might think I am on the way up, I'm just like you. And you can do just as much as what I can do, and that I have the capability of being the greatest, and you have the capability of being the greatest, but I also have the capability of failure. Yep. So what happens is, when that message is not sent, when the fall happens, then many people who followed you, they disperse, or they count you as fraudulent, because you're no longer real hmm. to them, because you haven't expressed a commonality with struggle. 
And so what I would like to highlight in the speech is, once again, that because we know we're all human beings, because we know that as many times we're going to fall, we have to understand that at our best, we have to also be able to explain to others that I'm still possible, it's still possible for me to fail, but that I'm just like you and that I can rebound from that failure just like you and get back on this horse and ride it into the sunlight. Thank you so much. Man, I, I, I love I love that explanation, John. I really do, man. Because, I, you know, I think a lot of times, and I'll say this as a, as a leader, he hung up. I want to ask him a question. But I say this as a leader, right? As leaders, a lot of times, it's really tough to be vulnerable. It's really tough to walk in in complete authenticity. You know, because, you know, we have our struggles, too. We have, you know, we have those days you don't necessarily want to get up and get out of bed, but you push. And I think because we fail to mention that, because we continue to show up, you know, people see you as superhuman. And we're, you know, we're not superhuman. And, and, uh, you know, one of the things I love about Oprah's speech, if you listen to the whole thing, she talks about, you know, how it felt for her, her network to be, you know, basically, you know, in the toilet. I mean, from a rating perspective, you know, the, the network was doing horrible and how she felt about that and getting the phone call from the president of Harvard asking her to speak, how she felt like she wasn't qualified. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, Oprah Winfrey's thinking she's not qualified after all these years. But these are the things that people who are successful go through the same way someone else who's, you know, who's on the grind trying to make it. Great comments, John. Great comment. The commonality with with struggle, you know, it's a great way to explain that. I appreciate that, man. All right, Zach, how we doing, man? You ready to queue up number four? All right, let's play number four. Challenge of life, I have found, is to build a resume that doesn't simply tell a story about what you want to be, but it's a story about who you want to be. It's a resume that doesn't just tell a story about what you want to accomplish, but why. A story that's not just a collection of titles and and positions, but a story that's really about your purpose. Because when you inevitably stumble and find yourself stuck in a hole, that is the story that will get you out. What is your true calling? What is your dharma? What is your purpose? What is your purpose? Yes, that is what we've been talking about quite a bit on the show. What is your purpose? And I love the way she said, what is your true calling? What is your dharma? What is your purpose? And to back up a little bit before that, she's saying, you know, to build a resume doesn't simply tell a story about what you want to be, but it's a story about who you want to be. It's a resume that doesn't just tell a story about what you want to accomplish, but why. Why do you want to accomplish what you want to accomplish? And that kind of goes into some of the things that, you know, Obama said in his commencement speech to Morehouse when he was saying it's not just about making money, but why is it that you want to do these things? What will be the outcome of what it is that you are doing? And I'll say this to go back to what John was saying about failure, because, you know, at some point we all fall. I believe that. And so how do you make it through that struggle when you are operating in your purpose as an individual? That is what gets you out. I mean, because if you know that is what it is that you were put on this earth to do, you have no other choice than to get up and keep moving. And that is what I believe 
is what helps people like Oprah turn the network around in a year. You know, this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, you know, and so what is it that you're supposed to do? What is your true calling? What is your dharma? What is your purpose? And this is how I know she was she was talking to a much broader audience. I felt like she was talking directly to me. And I'm like, OK, I got to share this. You know, I, I had things queued up for tonight, but, I'm, you know, I really wanted to make sure that more people heard this speech, um, especially those of us who don't necessarily see these things or cue them up. And so uh, I don't know, Zach, you ready for number five? All right. So we're going to play the fifth portion of the speech that I wanted to share with you all tonight. Maya Angelou always says, when you learn, teach, when you get, give. That, my friends, is what gives your story purpose and meaning. So you all have the power in your own way to develop your own angel network. And in doing so, your class will be armed with more tools of influence and empowerment than any other generation in history. I did it in an analog world. I was blessed with a platform that at its height reached nearly 20 million viewers a day. Now here in a world of Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Tumblr, you can reach billions in just seconds. You're the generation that rejected predictions about your detachment and your disengagement by showing up to vote in record numbers in 2008. And when the pundits said, they said, they talked about you, they said you'd be too disappointed You'd be too dejected to repeat that same kind of turnout in the 2012 election, and you proved them wrong by showing up in even greater numbers. That's who you are. You know, so this portion of the speech, well, let's go back to what she started, you know, because I love Maya Angelou. And if you haven't had the opportunity to check out Oprah's life class with Maya Angelou. I mean, just a beautiful piece. It's an hour piece by Maya Angelou talking about the power of words. But Maya Angelou always says, when you learn, teach, when you get, give. Man, how powerful is that? And then she went on to say, that, my friends, is what gives you your story, purpose and meaning. You know, how can you stay down if you fail, if ultimately you're providing a service? You can't. You just can't. And then secondly, I want to follow up on the conversation she was having around this generation, this new generation. This past Thursday, I gave a keynote speech downtown. And one of the things I was talking about was the millennials, this generation Y. And this is a very special group, a misunderstood group, but a very special group because they are changing the world. And a lot of the conversations we're having is because of the grassroots efforts of this generation, and not just in the United States, but also across the globe. What's happening in Syria? Generation Y. What happened in Egypt? What continues to happen in Egypt? Generation Y. Barack Obama? Okay, yeah, 66% of African Americans voted. We went to the polls. But the people who got him in office, Generation Y, they are going to change the world. And if we can't get our young people as connected as the rest of the world is, and what I mean connected, internet, so they can be on Twitter, Facebook, everything else, then, you know, the African-American child is going to be left behind. And if there's anything that I'm, I'm really passionate about is making sure our children really understand technology because that's what's moving the world. And even our older people, 
you know, if they don't understand technology, 10 to 15 years, you know, you're going to be in the dark, in the dark. All right. I got another caller. You got Risha from Yorkville. Risha, you're on the air with Inspirational Perspective and Linnell Harris. Hello, Mr. Harris. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Great. I'm actually very encouraged by what I'm kind of hearing tonight. This is actually the first time I've heard Oprah speak that she actually gave at Harvard. And I think what's really so much encouraging to me, and I'm so glad that so many of the other listeners have an opportunity to hear, is how you deal with the perception of failure. And I think what is really poignant, what Oprah said thus far, is that failure does not exist. And how powerful it is to be able to have that perspective to actually propel you into the things that you ultimately want to accomplish for yourself. To take on the mindset that when you're looking down from, we're looking up from the hole that you're in, that failure does not exist. Perhaps it's just a new strategy you need to implement to ultimately get back to that point of success. To me, is extremely poignant and has the ability to actually change the overall life that a person lives. So I think what's so far what she said, the most poignant thing that I believe is that's been spoken thus far is that failure actually does not exist that's a reality that i know i'll be incorporating in my life man thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing that risha appreciate the phone call my brother absolutely thank you for the platform no no problem no problem at all okay uh risha from yorkville and again i'll tell you man listen to this speech again listen to it and then go print the text it's powerful speech zach we ready for number six man all right let's let's queue up number six uh What I want you to listen for in in number six is how she talks about the notable people and how they need validation. Check this out. I have to say that the single most important lesson I learned in 25 years talking every single day to people was that there is a common denominator in our human experience. Most of us, I tell you, we don't want to be divided. What we want, the common denominator that I found in every single interview, is we want to be validated. We want to be understood. I've done over 35,000 interviews in my career. And as soon as that camera shuts off, everyone always turns to me and inevitably in their own way asks this question, was that okay? I heard it from President Bush. I heard it from President Obama. I've heard it from heroes and from housewives. I've heard it from victims and perpetrators of crimes. I even heard it from Beyonce and all of her (laughs) Beyonce-ness. She finishes performing, hands me the microphone and says, was that okay? (laughs) Friends and family, yours, enemies, strangers, in every argument, in every encounter, Every exchange, I will tell you, they all want to know one thing. Was that okay? Did you hear me? Do you see me? Did what I say mean anything to you? And even though this is the college where Facebook was born, my hope is that you will try to go out and have more face-to-face conversations with people you may disagree with. All right. Was that okay? So while Zach is queuing up the next one, I'm going to tell you, I understand that, man, I think after every show, I'm thinking, was that okay? (laughs) Uh, Was that okay? And I always appreciate the text messages from friends who say, hey, man, great show. 
And when they don't come in, you wonder, was that okay? But how about that? Even the greats, from the least of us to the great of us, we, we all want validation. The one thing that stuck with me is, if we want validation as adults, then what do you think our children want from us? If we have to ask, was that okay? Or if that's the question that we have in our minds, then how are we making sure that our children are validated? Something for you to take with you, something for you to think about. Hey, Zach, we ready to queue up the next one? All right, let's roll. So whether you call it soul or spirit or higher self intelligence, there is, I know this, there's a light inside each of you, all of us, that illuminates your very human beingness if you let it. And as a young girl from rural Mississippi, I learned long ago that being myself was much easier than pretending to be Barbara Walters. <laughs> Although when I first started, because I had Barbara in my head, I would try to sit like Barbara, talk like Barbara, move like Barbara. And then one night I was on the news, reading the news, and I called Canada, Canada. And uh, <laughs> that was the end of me being Barbara. I cracked myself up on TV. Couldn't stop laughing and my real personality came through. And I figured out, oh gee, I can be a much better Oprah than I could be a pretend Barbara. I know that, I know that you all might have a little anxiety now and hesitation about leaving the comfort of college and putting those Harvard credentials to the test. But no matter what challenges or setbacks or disappointments you may encounter along the way, you will find true success and happiness if you have only one goal. There really is only one, and that is this, to fulfill the highest, most truthful expression of yourself as a human being. You want to max out your humanity by using your energy to lift yourself up your family, and the people around you. Theologian Howard Thurman said it best. He said, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. The world needs... What the world needs is people who have come alive. Two things I want you to take from that. And she said it. There really is only one thing, one goal, and that is to fulfill the highest, most truthful expression of yourself as a human being. You want to max out your humanity by using your energy to lift yourself up, your family and the people around you. And then this is even better from, uh, you know, Howard Thurman. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because the world needs people. The world need is for people who are alive. And so I'll tell you, it's funny. You know, I thought what the world needed when I was about to go to college was an engineer. Man, I'm so happy. <laughs> so happy I didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, that's what I that's that's what I thought. And, you know, now I'm living my purpose. And I'll tell you, you know, it's one of the, the most fulfilling things that, you know, I've done in my professional life and in my personal life. And uh, a lot of people don't understand why I can put the amount of time into making 
this type of thing happen from the blog, from the radio, from everything else I do to talking to the students or even talking to adults. But it's because it's my passion. I enjoy it. I enjoy it with every fiber of my being. So I, I get it. The last segment, we're going to play that before we close out. And so, Zach, go ahead and hit the last segment uh, so we can close out. From time to time, you may stumble, fall. You will for sure count on this. No doubt. You will have questions and you will have doubts about your path. But I know this, if you're willing to listen, to be guided by that still small voice that is the GPS within yourself, to find out what makes you come alive, you will be more than okay. You will be happy. You will be successful. All right. All right. And then she finishes up and says, you will be happy. You will be successful. And you will make a difference in the world. And then the last thing she says to the students, and it's the, it's the one thing I'm thinking when I finish up the show. Was that okay? This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to Inspirational Perspective's Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.